following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Welcome to another episode of the Lucha Outsider Show. I am the heel that seals the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy Mr. Rated R, and I'm joined by my tag team partner. He's the analysis of the L-O-C. He's the man that put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter, and when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of Long Island. Yo, 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 what's going on? Unfortunately, we're not in studio together. This is weird. No, 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 no studio, no Facebook Live. After coming off the heels of possibly one of the craziest weeks last week, we had a ton of content on the show, and then this week happens. (laughs) We are, yeah, we're two weeks into the year, and and shit's already hitting the fan in the world of wrestling. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. We were messaging each other earlier in the week, and I was like, damn, I think I got to But but still the the but the content quality of the show will always be there. Yes, of course, of course. Ryan, how are you, bro? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we were just talking off the air. It's a uh, pretty lazy, chill uh, weekend so far, so can't complain about that. It's uh, you know a typical weekend in January, so not bad, man. How about you? I'm doing good, man. Just to add on what you're saying, I, I think we I think we even mentioned this last year around this time how like. For whatever reason, the first couple weeks of January, you know, you really get that winter feel and we got the cold back once again in the Northeast and it just kind of makes you not want to do much. It might, it makes you want to just like stay in bed or just like be lazy on the couch or recliner and you know, you got the NFL playoffs happening right now and I don't want to say it makes you unmotivated. That's not the thing, but like, I don't know, man. It, it's just, I think the weather plays a factor. No, it definitely does. Yeah, it makes you not want to leave your house. I mean, it's freezing cold outside. What is there to do? You know, I mean, it's like, what are you going to leave your house to do unless you have specific plans, which, you know, I haven't this weekend and you said you haven't. So it's like, yeah, why not? We just hang out inside and yeah, thank God for, for the NFL playoffs, man. Yeah, man. Well, fucking Tony Khan's having one hell of a week, bro. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, what, what a freaking crazy Jacksonville Jaguars win last week. Uh, and he's on top of the world, this guy. He really is. I can only imagine what's going to happen if the the Jaguars end up like going oh. all the way. I obviously don't see that happening. I mean, hey, you never know, especially after last night. But yeah, lordy, lordy, lord, that was uh, that was unbelievable. Oh my god, I, I told you off there, and I want to say that r- right now, he instantly after Jacksonville picked up that win, he just sniffed a line off of, like a replica title or something. <laughs> 
too. I mean, he does that on the regular, so you can imagine how much uh, how much more he probably did last night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, before we get started, dude, it's hashtag Rebel Time. All right. What a crazy week, but let's go back to Tuesday. All right. If I'm not mistaken, Tuesday between 6 o'clock and 6.30, there's a tweet. And she also posted this on Instagram. And that was from one Stephanie McMahon, at the time, still the co-CEO of WWE. And I will quote on what she said. This is what she wrote on her tweet. Dear WWE Universe, about eight months ago, I took a leave of absence within a few weeks. Unexpectedly, I had an opportunity of a lifetime. I had the privilege to return at WWE co-CEO and chairwoman and the board. I cannot put into words how proud I am to have led what I consider to be the greatest company in the world, working alongside a remarkable leadership team and one of the strongest executives I've known in my co-CEO, Nick Khan. Our founder, Vince McMahon, has returned as executive chair and is leading an exciting process regarding alternatives. And with Nick's leadership and Paul Triple H Levesque as chief content officer, I am confident WWE is in the perfect place to continue and provide unparalleled creative content and drive maximum value for shareholders. WWE is such in a strong position that I have decided to return to my leave and take one step further with my resignation. I look forward to cheering on WWE from another side of the business where I started when I was a little kid as a pure fan. I will always remain dedicated to WWE. I truly love our company, our employees, our superstars, our fans, and I'm grateful to all of our partners. Thank you for everything. Then, now, forever, together. I guess there's a new thing, Steph. And I read that and I'm like, so it begins. (laughs) Wow. Because if you remember, she did do this uh, back in the summer, I believe, of last year when uh, this was before Vince decided to retire. It was when Vince was doing it, was, you know, had all that controversy surrounding him and all that stuff. And yep. when all the news first broke, uh, she was taking a leave of absence, I guess, to just be a mother and to, you know, take a step back and to just do other things and take a load off and, and stuff like that. So that wasn't shocking to me. But when I read the part about her going, you know, like she says, like taking that next step further and actually resigning, that means like she's done fully with the company. Like she's not coming back. It's not like a, you know, oh, I'm going to leave for a few months and I'll be back, you know, next year at some point, whatever. Like she's done, done. Like she's a fan now, as she said in her, in her um, letter there. So yeah, this is kind of when everything started to turn and we were like, oh boy, like this can't be good. To add on to that, it was voted by the board of directors that this man is once again executive chairman of the WWE. These are the same, I believe Triple H, Nick Khan, and Stephanie were part of the board when Vince got pushed out the first time earlier, you know, earlier last year, you know, back in July, if I'm not mistaken. And now Vince is back in power as of right now. Yeah, as of right now. Uh, Sunday, January 15th, Triple H has not left his position. He's still part of the creative process. He's still, uh, what is it, chief content officer. Vince is back in power. And listen, I, I don't want to speculate here, but the the way I took this uh, before tw- the wrestling world and Twitter exploded a couple hours later, the way I took this is that Stephanie got pushed out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's 
definitely possible. I mean, uh, well, we all thought the reason being was because they were potentially selling to the Saudis, which eventually came out that night. Oh, too. yeah. <laughs> um, but I know, you know, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Mm -hmm. but uh, And then, you know, that turns out not to be true and all that stuff. I mean, I guess she just didn't want to be a part of the sale at all. Or maybe she knows something that we don't know. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, it definitely seems that way. And then there was also some stuff coming out later on in the week where um, – and there was some article saying like her like she didn't get along with uh, Vince like in terms of working together and things like that. And Nick Khan had to be the buffer between them and stuff like that. So I mean, who really knows what's true and what's not? Honestly, especially after Tuesday night, I am taking every bit of news that I see with a grain of salt because that was just a complete uh, a complete shit show disaster. The, that, that was the, that was, that might have been one of the biggest congratulations of the year already. And this is just the two weeks in the new year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. It's, it, and it's from people like Sean Rossap who are pretty spot on and accurate usually. And, you know, Cassidy Haynes of Body Slam, too. He was the one that broke the, the AEW, the CM Punk to AEW. I, I do. I mean, all credible sources here. I do want to give credit to Sean Rossap because he didn't flat out say that the sale happened. He, yeah, ad he addressed it and said, this is the hot rumor that nobody wants to talk about right now. And Cassidy Haynes, Bodyslam.net, he put it out there. And to this day, yeah, it was a done deal. And for, if I'm not mistaken, he hasn't taken that tweet down. The guy from The Zone, I forget, his Steven Mushhausen something. I never heard of him, but he works for The Zone. He put it out there as well around the same time Cassidy Haynes put it out. And that tweet was taken down like instantly hours later. And we haven't heard from the guy since. <laughs> so... Yeah, I I don't know where he I don't know I don't know who he is either. Uh, I think I know who you're talking about, but yeah, just a complete mess and shit show. And I mean, thank goodness, thank goodness. Preface that, thank God they were incorrect about this. But it just goes to show that you really can't trust everything you read on the internet nowadays. I mean, you really can't. There's always conflicting reports and things like that. I don't know where they get their information from. I don't know who their sources are, but I could yeah, I could add on to that. I could add I could add on to um, pretty much how the rumor started because Sean Rossap did clear it up on how this all got to the Saudis bought WWE. Apparently, it sounds very Illuminati esque, okay? But apparently, there's this group chat where a lot of these journalists are involved. All right, some former group chat. I don't know. Somebody in that group chat, and maybe it's not even journalists. Maybe some executives. I don't know. Somebody in that group chat where there were there was a conversation happening on like who would buy the WWE. And I guess one of these people in this group chat, right, said Saudi. And I guess the guy that said this or the person that did say this has some clout. And I guess another person in that group chat leaked out this information to someone else. And then it was like a domino effect. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. It sounds crazy. It sounds fucking crazy. Yeah, it's, it's like a freaking joke. I mean, it's. Yeah, like I said, thank goodness, thank goodness it was incorrect. But, I mean, yeah, just absolutely ridiculous to get everybody thinking one thing and, and it turning out to not even be remotely true at all. I mean, and you know, I'm not only going to say remotely true because where there's smoke, there's fire. So 1, I'm sure, you know, we've heard that they're interested in the company. But, I mean, the fact that to go as far as saying it's a done deal without truly knowing it's a done deal, I mean, that's just, that's absurd. I do agree with you where their smoke is fire, and I wouldn't necessarily rule out Saudi possibly buying WWE. Let's talk about 
possibility. Who's to say, right? Let's say if WWE does get sold to the Saudis, to this uh, Saudi Arabia fund, uh, public fund. I forget the, the 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 name of the of the group that potentially could buy WWE. What happens with WWE? I think a lot of people are speculating that if the Saudis do buy WWE, Vince McMahon is going to once again have control of the company. Because clearly if Saudi buys WWE, that doesn't mean that the whole company is going to move to Saudi Arabia. That's not what's going to happen. They're just going to own it, and it's going to be its own entity out here. Well, that's what I thought eventually. Uh, Well, uh, like uh, at first I thought, that you know when i saw the news that they bought it i obviously who am i to not to believe it you know i mean like i said it's coming from credible sources when all the information's out there that it's a done deal the first thing i thought of was well vince must have sold to them because he knows that they're going to put him back in a position of power i mean he's already been working with them for how many years now he's already familiar with them they're familiar with him yep and that's the only way he's going to guarantee his spot there is by selling to this investment group in Saudi Arabia. Now, if he sells to Disney or CNBC or something like that, there's no guarantee that they put Vince in that position of power. Um, so that's immediately what I thought of. But you know what? With all the rumors that came out and you know the backlash and the negativity online, I mean, we saw how Twitter completely blew up, and we saw some reports that wrestlers would walk if, uh, if indeed Saudi Arabia did purchase the company. I think, and, and again, I don't know anything. I got no sources. I'm just talking about what I think personally, my opinion. I think there's no shot that Saudi buys this company now. I think that it's just, it's just not going to happen. It, it can't happen. You know, like it, it just. It, I, I, listen, I, I might be giving Vince McMahon a little too much credit, but I think even he knows that this just can't happen. It, 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 it just can't be. So you don't believe that. There's some truth behind the promo he cut back in 2002, where he's gonna kill his creation, <laughs> and he's well, gonna he's kill it. Doing that. He's already doing that without even having to sell the to sell the company to to them. He's already killing it. So, okay, I, I do believe there's where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't necessarily now. I'm I'm not ruling out the Saudis possibly buying WWE, but. I still think there's like a chance, like a Disney, like an NBC Universal, like a Fox, like we talked about last week, coming in, cashing in their money in the bank, and them owning WWE. So I'm I'm more in that mindset, but I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily rule out the Saudis. You, you can't rule out anything, but I think it's just uh, it's more realistic for a company like you said, like Disney, um, NBC Universal, things like that. I think it's just more realistic that. There's a possibility that they're going to be the ones who end up purchasing it in the end over the Saudis. I do think they're involved. I do think they're interested. But I I don't know. I, I really have a hard time seeing it, especially after this botch earlier in the week. I hope it was I, – I, I, I just can't see it. Never say never. But never say I, never. I, just, I have a hard time believing it. Listen, stranger shit has happened, okay, in the world of wrestling. And you shouldn't rule out anything. But just to add on to that. We we love we love doing this, especially getting all like the peckerheads and, and and neck beards all pissed off and in their feelings. Let me tell you something, Ryan. I don't know if you noticed, but people were upset with me this week. <laughs> they were hot with me. Man, were they mad? So there was an interesting report that came out by the Barons. Um, for those that don't know what the Barons is, they're involved with kind of like the business side of things in the world. Um, they're associated with the Wall Street Journal 
and kind of like the the stock markets type stuff that's that's happening in the world okay so they came out with an interesting report saying that the cons meaning shad Khan and tony Khan, could p potentially be in the pool to be possible buyers for the wwe right you know because they have a shit ton of money like if you have a shit ton of money I think it's safe to say you could be a potential or a possible buyer. Now, keep in mind what I just said. Potential, possible buyers. That's not guaranteeing they're going to buy it. But they're potential, possible buyers. I thought it was an interesting report. So, me being the person that I am, I put it out in our platform, okay? Put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook, okay? I do this with a lot of different reports. This didn't come from a dirt sheet. It came from a business news outlet and when i tell you the amount of heat i got like if i'm the one that wrote the report like if i'm the one like wanting this to happen yo people came at which i found it hysterical i thought it was hilarious but people yeah. came at me like i was saudi arabia buying the wwe <laughs> dude i know i mean listen this is never gonna happen okay i think we all know that Right. Uh, you gotta be, I don't know. You gotta be a fool to, to actually think there's a shot at this happening. But like you said, like anybody who's got as much money as you know they do, yep, is going to be in the running yep. potentially for this. Now, obviously, Vince is never gonna sell to to Tony and one thousand percent. But like, it's just funny to to think about, and it's just you know that news article, whatever. Uh, Barons, you know, Barons, well, yeah. They just are putting out straight facts and truth that, like, they're in the pool of potential buyers. That, that's it. That's all it, that's all it said. There Yo. No, there was no, they're front runners. Yo. That, they're considering it. They just said they're in the pool. But, yo, I mean, it's funny to think about <laughs> potentially happening. I mean, could you imagine? <laughs> but let, but let, uh, let me also say, too, like, can you imagine? But at the same time, as wrestling fans, nobody should want that because. No. That's basically Tony would basically be doing what Vince monopolizing uh, the business. Was doing. Yep. Yeah, monopolizing the business, and that's not the right thing. Listen, Tony Khan already owns two wrestling companies, and he don't even know what to do with one of them. And I'm talking about Ring of Honor. He has zero clue what to do with it. Clearly. Hey. So <laughs> why would he invest in WWE, a third one? And he's also got the Jaguar. He, cha he, cha he changes the logo. He changes the logo. Starts putting at WrestleMania at eight in the morning. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, Yo. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's it's never gonna happen, but it's it's kind of funny to think about, and it it's funny to rile up people because oh, they get man. so heated and so passionate uh, about topics like this. People were so mad at me, but um, so when this when this article came out, right, it it did get like my wheel turning, and I started thinking like, okay, we're we're looking at. Like the most obvious ones, right? Like a Disney, like a NBC Universal, like a Fox, right? I want to throw a couple hypotheticals at you and, and see if anything, like, you know, triggers you in any way, right? What if Triple H gets a group together of investors to potentially buy WWE? I mean, I'm all for it. A anything Triple H does, I mean, I trust that guy. So what, whatever he wants to do, I mean, that would be not, that, that would be best case scenario. Because you already have the you already have the relationships with Fox with NBC Universal, so if Triple H was to hypothetically speaking, right, 
get a collective, get his own collective of investors and business partners, and like, okay, we buy WWE. It's a sure thing that they're going to continue either doing business with Fox or NBC Universal. Right, right, and and not much is going to change from hmm. you know a business aspect because he's already involved in the company. He knows the company better than anybody, and uh, you know I'm sure if anybody who we would get investor wise would be you know either a close friend or you know good business partner who would probably already like you know worked with the WWE in some way or shape or form. So yeah, I mean that would be I mean yeah, sign me up for that right now. I don't. I don't want this. I mean, part of me is like, okay, selling could be a good thing, but part of me is like, damn, I don't want the WWE to sell because who knows what changes, what, you know, are going to be made by whoever ends up purchasing it. You know, like I say, like, oh, I think Disney would be cool to own WWE. I mean, because WWE is basically the Disney of the wrestling world. But I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, I, that could they could potentially ruin WWE. I don't know. So. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, somebody like Triple H getting a group of investors and, and purchasing the company, sign me up for that right now. Come on, Ryan. You don't want to see Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns in a Pirates of the Caribbean match? I mean, hey, I'm actually here for that. That's actually <laughs> pretty fun. I mean, listen, if you could tell me I could go to Disney World, too, and I could see, like, The Undertaker featured on It's a Small World or something like that, oh like, dude, I'm, I'm all for that stuff, man. That would be hilarious. And the, the reason why I thought about the whole Triple H scenario was because, like, a lot of people, a lot of these, I think Sean Ross Sapp and a couple other people in this uh, wrestling dirt sheet bubble were kind of saying, like, oh, what if uh, Triple H gets stepped down or he has to resign? What, do you think he'll start, like, his own company or work for someone else? And I'm like, why would he instead, like, he's put so much, like, time and effort in, in rebuilding the WWE. Why wouldn't he just get, like, a group together to try to potentially buy it? I feel like that would be more of a plausible scenario than starting a, a brand new company absolutely absolutely and, and anybody who says oh triple h and steph's gonna start their own wrestling company again going back to what i said before you gotta be a fool to even believe that i mean th- th- this is just not happening i mean they they have they have young kids now they probably mm-hmm. want to just be parents too yep. uh you know if, if triple h somehow left wwe which again is not out of the question after stephanie you know oh, steps yeah. down and with all the sales stuff i mean not totally out of the question I just feel like he's going to take a step back from wrestling altogether for the time being and just be a dad and, and, you know, cherish the time he has with his kids and stuff like that. Like, he's not going to get involved in creating some other master company to take down Vince in the WWE. Like you said, after everything he's done to invest in the company himself and the talent that's there right now, it just wouldn't make sense. And here's my last hypothetical that I was thinking about as well. What if The Rock tries to buy WWE? I'm all for it as well. It's just like Triple H. I am all for it. He's already done that with the XFL, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, we still don't know it. what we still don't know what the t- the turnaround for the XFL will be, but right. I, I feel like The Rock. In regards to how you feel about like the whole Black Adam shenanigans, I, The Rock has more hits than misses. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that would also that would be another best case scenario. I you know anybody who's familiar with a company like that. And, uh, you know, like, I don't know what kind of business man The Rock is, but I would trust him over, you know, <laughs> the Saudis. <laughs> man, listen, the wrestling world just fucking blew up this week. It's so insane, bro. I'm, me and you were, like, messaging each other, like, what the fuck is going on? Dude, it was so funny, man. I know you're not, like, really on Twitter a lot, but hey, this is why I love Twitter is because... You're here for the madness. The jokes, oh, they were so funny, bro. Like, it was hilarious. I couldn't stop. 
favoriting uh, liking shit on there because there was some funny shit on there, man. I don't know where people come up with this stuff, but uh, a lot of a lot of the, these things were pure gold. I, I didn't go to sleep until one thirty that night. It was like said, yeah, me too, night. me too, because we were messaging uh, each other, watching the the Sean Ross Sap on, on Fightful Live with the other two schmucks that he's was with. Yeah, I don't know. Listen, this is like my first time seeing all this stuff. Like, I didn't, I understand Fightful's like a big, uh, you know. I'll put big in air quotes. Uh, wrestling company, sort of, I guess you want to call it. And they have a lot of guys and girls who are uh, employed by Fightful, by Sean Rossap, I guess. And every, you know, they pump out content for all the different shows, pre-shows, post-shows. These two poor souls, man, that have to sit here and review NXT every Tuesday night. My goodness, I feel bad for them. And I also feel bad for the suckers that waste their time every week listening to these two schmucks. One of them, I, and this, the guy, whatever his freaking name was. He's terrible. I believe his oh name God, is, dude. I believe his name is, um, Alex Pawlowski, if I'm not mistaken. I know he does the Dynamite review with Sean Ross Sapp as well. I think this guy is god-awful. Listen, I think Sean Ross Sapp does an incredible job. I think Will Washington does a great job too. My only issue with Fightful, and it's not necessarily the content they put out. It's kind of like the people they co-host with, like their seconds. To me, a lot of these people... And I don't care who gets offended when I say this. Listen, I'm, I'm, I've already accepted that I'm not the type of person that's going to cross over, okay? Because I'm, I'm not fake, and I'm not going to act all nice and, and fake just to get on one of these platforms. But let me just be completely honest here. Besides Will Washington and Sean Ross Sapp, some of the people they do podcasting with, right? Like, their seconds are god-awful. They're terrible. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. I know. Really just got off. Like you said, the only reason why we were watching it was because Sean was hopping on. I Pretty much. I was going to say. And uh, it was funny. I don't know if you ended up watching to this point, but he like he got off and then he jumped back on. Yep. And he started actually smoking. Oh, yep. Uh, yep. On, uh, smoking weed on, <laughs> on the live broadcast. <laughs> yep. I think at one point he said, like, it's all going to go downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But just to add on, just to wrap up real quick on, on like the whole Stephanie McMahon of it all and then the, the Saudi rumors or whatever, I'm not on Twitter, right? But I do catch some of like the tweets that, um, that people tweet out when they get posted on Instagram. And I think the funniest tweet I saw, which completely made me lose it, it came from John Alba. He goes like, hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to All Grown Up with Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> hey, Stephanie, how are you? <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. That, that was the best one for me. That was the best one for me. Oh my Again, god! Like, where do people? Co- I mean, like the the things that pop into some people's minds. It's just so funny. Like at that exact moment, you know, like just hilarious, man. All right, dude. Let's switch the tone on this show since we got that out of the way. Let's talk about dynamite. Cause dynamite to me this past week. First of all, they've been on a really good like stretch of momentum. Okay, they're dynamites have been hitting 1,000%. But this past week's Dynamite was a pay-per-view quality show, okay? Top to bottom. But if there's one thing that stands out for me above everything else that's happened in this show was Adam Cole's return. No doubt. Without a doubt, it was the the, the best part of the show, the best part of my week, honestly. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Hot take. Yeah, yeah. Hot take, man. And, And it wasn't even a terrible work week, but man, oh, man, seeing Adam Cole back, Made me so happy. I am 
a massive Adam Cole fan, and it's been so freaking long since he's been in the ring or on TV, and there was literally no news about him at all. Like, there was no updates on his condition. Like, we didn't hear anything for a long time. Yep. And the longer this went, the more worried I got that, wow, he could be potentially hanging it up. I mean, this is a head injury. It's serious. Um, like I said, if there's no updates for this amount of time, mm-hmm. that can't be good, right? I mean, sometimes no news is good news, but in this case, I was like, well, no. Like, in, in this case, I want some news because not hearing anything is not good either. So, and just to, to see that not leaked beforehand yep. and just have that be a legit shock moment, man, we need more of those in wrestling. We, we do. really do. Because that just, that's what makes wrestling the best. 1,000%. moments like this. So. Even the announcers, the broadcast team, had no clue that Adam Cole was returning because on their on their sheet, on their rundown sheet, it said TBD to be determined. Yeah, that's that's amazing. You get I that love that. Pure, you know, reaction. You don't get that, like, you know, like, oh, I knew this was coming, so let me just fake, uh, fake my excitement here. Like, no, like they're actually legit stunned, just as we are. So, oh man, it was so good. Adam Cole is one of my favorite wrestlers of this generation. Top of him being a phenomenal wrestler, in-ring performer, great on the mic. He's a great guy as well. I've got to yep. meet him during his Ring of Honor run a couple times. I've had some um, dope interactions with him. And he's just an awesome guy. To me, he's like the second coming of Shawn Michaels, in-ring-wise, the way he's on the microphone. He reminds me a lot of Shawn, and he's openly admitted to that. Like, Shawn and also Triple H are like his wrestling dads, right? It was just great seeing him, bro. The, the pop he got, the ovation from the crowd. Even when he debuted in AEW, regardless of his heel tactics, the crowd always wanted to cheer for him. They love Adam Cole, with his theme song and the boom and the Adam Cole baby. Like, he's just like, no matter how much of a douchebag he is, you know, character-wise, can't hate him. I'm just so happy he's okay. More importantly, out of everything, I just wanted him to be okay. But just seeing him come out and, and cutting that heartfelt promo, he looks fucking phenomenal. I just can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, that was an incredible... You don't really see that side of him too much, yep. uh, but it was just so awesome. And I know a lot of people got fooled about you know him potentially retiring there. Oh yeah. But in that moment, man, when he st- when he came out, from the minute he came out to the minute he got in the ring and on the microphone, how excited he was, that big smile on his face. Yep. I was like, there's no way this guy announcing his retirement. <laughs> right. So right. He's just too happy. So right. I wasn't worried about that. Right. Bit. And the way he turned that uh, promo around where he's like, the bad news is for everybody in the locker room and the pop that he got from that line. Oh, man, it was just, it was an awesome moment. And, yeah, I mean, this, now Adam Cole's got to really take off here. He absolutely 1,000%. become the top star that we all know him as in AEW. I mean, there's no, there's, there's no excuse for it now. He's back. He's better than ever. And, uh, you know, I know MJF's on top of the world, so I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's going to become the AEW world champ right now. But, um, I mean, give him the TNT title, man. Let him run with that give him something. for a while. I, I, yeah, will, I will say this. I will say this, and I don't want to jump too ahead for the foreseeable future. But whenever, and I hope it happens in 2020, we're in 2023 now, right? Yeah, 2024. Yep. If 
what I think is going to happen where MJF ultimately does drop the title, and if it happens in January of 2024, right, where he ends up dropping the title, I'm saying it now, there's only two people in mind that I think that should defeat him for the title. One is Ricky Starks, and the other one is Adam Cole. There shouldn't be anyone else besides those two considered. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm in, I'm in total agreement, and I'm 100% cool with that. I I wouldn't care if it's either, either guy, to be honest, because Ricky, Ricky Starks is just as good and deserves to be a top star um, as well, so I would not hate that one bit at all. Um, but yeah, it's got to be one or, one or the other. I mean, and, and like I said, even if it's not Adam Cole, just say it's Ricky Starks instead, I mean, or whoever, it, whoever it's not, that guy, that other guy, has to be presented still as a big deal, whether he's the champion or not. I mean, they, these are guys now, AEW has guys that they could really build around and be top stars, and it's fresh, you know? A guy like Ricky Starks on top of the company, or a guy like Adam Cole, we haven't seen him on top of a company in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it's just, it, it's a no-brainer, right? you know? I mean, we, we got Mox for a while, which was awesome. Mox is still the man, Yep. but I don't think he should win the world title no. again anytime no. soon. Listen, in 2022, um, you know, he won the title like four different times. <laughs> yeah, he's, that's enough for now. And he's still being presented as a top star. He hasn't lost any steam. Listen, he had an amazing... Right. He had an amazing match with Hangman Page this past week that started off the show. Awesome match. And guess what? Even in defeat, he still feels like the man. Moxley doesn't lose anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he'll ever lose that feeling, man, because he's already... A, he's just established himself as that guy. So I, I want to see more... Uh, you know, other people establish themselves that way as well because AEW certainly has has the talent to do that. So, um, yeah, man, I'm just like, like we were saying, I'm just so happy to see Adam Cole back, and it's it's about time that he comes back and just you know he had, he got he had some good matches with uh, with Hangman last year. You know, he was in the main event a lot, mm-hmm. things like that. But I want to see him take it to to the next level this year. Listen, man, I remember last year during those Adam Cole matches, some were arguing. Saying that maybe Adam Cole should have been the guy to take the title away from Hangman. There was that argument out there, but uh, I'm glad to see Adam Cole back, and uh, I just can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, yeah, it was. It just it made me so happy, uh, as you know, like it made you happy as well, mm-hmm. just to see him in there smiling again, and uh, yeah, 100 healthy or he looked great, ready to go. He looked yeah, great. Ready to go. You mentioned MJF, so we had this match between Takeshita and Brian Danielson. And after Takeshita came out, we got an MJF promo where he pretty much started running down Takeshita and running down people um, in the audience, including Mr. Chow from Hangover, okay, uh, Freddie yeah. Prince Jr. He made some comments towards Takeshita, like I think he called him Take a Shitta. Then um, they had a back and forth. Takeshita pushed them back. He started running down the crowd again. And then Brian Danielson came out. And then MJF, like a chicken shit heel, ran away. Listen, anytime MJF has that look like he's about to take a shit on himself, makes me crack up. <laughs> the yeah. First was, was when, run up the ramp. Yeah, like the way he was, like the way he was trying to dodge Brian Danielson when Brian Danielson is just like flooring to the ring. He's like, where do I go? Where do I go? It just looks so funny. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. And of course, obviously, MJF's promos are just top notch. I know a lot of people had an issue too with his promos. Um, to Takeshita, they they said like, oh, they don't like how they're making fun of him being Japanese and his accent and stuff like that. I can definitely see that, but I don't really think it was meant to be in any harmful way either. As long as it's cleared with all parties, then you know what we could feel however we want to feel, but it shouldn't be more than that. You know what I'm saying? Like it kind of. Yeah. I, I saw the I saw that too on how people 
were like, oh, you know, you're making you're making fun of him being Japanese and its name and telling him like we speak English in America yet. You know, you cut a promo months before of talking about how you were called a Jew boy. Like, that's kind of hypocritical. And I'm looking at it like, are we really in this point in life where we're going to, like, over-criticize every fucking thing? So when we watch a movie, right, and we're seeing characters play in a movie, and let's say one of the characters say something that's questionable, but it's in the movie, and part of this plot, are we going to, like criticize an actor for saying that line in the movie like you get what i'm saying are we in that point where we're gonna overthink every little thing when i saw all these like and it wasn't a lot but i did see some people criticizing mjs promo it kind of reminded me back if i'm not mistaken and it's gonna and it's gonna go back to the hangman and adam cole match remember their um i think it was like a no dq match they had on rampage and remember the final spot of the match was i believe Hangman put like a barbed wire like crown on Adam Cole's head and like nailed yeah. him with like a what does um Hangman ca call that move the um, it's kind of like a reverse pile driver what does he call that move it's uh, like a dead eye or something like the that. dead eye right I remember a lot of people were offended over that because I think it happened like on on like Good Friday or something if I'm not mistaken now keep in mind maybe I'm not the right person to speak on this because I'm atheist right but at the same time it's like even if you're like the re most religious person in the world, are you still having the same mindset when you're watching a movie and one of the characters in that movie does a questionable thing where it's quote-unquote disrespecting religion? Like, are we in that point in life where we're going to overanalyze and over, <clears throat> excuse me, over-criticize everything? Listen, we all evolve, and there's some things that's happened 10, 20 years ago that wouldn't fly today. And I'm totally fine with that. But at the same time, I just feel like everybody's just too fucking sensitive, man. Yeah, no, I mean, to answer your question, is that really the world we live in now? Yeah, that, that is the world we live in. I mean, with cancel culture and all this stuff that we've seen over the past few years, yeah, I mean, this is the world we live in, unfortunately. So, yeah, everybody has to cr criticize and overanalyze every single thing because we got a lot of sensitive people in this world. And, uh, you know, it's... Yeah, you know, just the way it is, I guess. You know, it's it's a shame, but it is what it is, bro. I just I think um, I think it's stupid, but that's just me, all right. And yeah, if no, if, if you know, you. if I'm an asshole for that, then so be it. I guess I'm an asshole. And now it's time for me to even be more of an asshole, Ryan. <laughs> so we were talking about like the peckerheads and the neckbeards being upset because we didn't get to see Mercedes Monet, okay, and. I have mixed feelings about this. Mercedes, Sasha Banks not showing up on AEW Dynamite, even though I get AEW's at fault for kind of stretching out the whole, like, who's going to be the, the, the partner for Soraya. Like, I understand all that. And they're wrong for that, okay? At the same time, I was fine with the match. I didn't need Mercedes Monet, at least not right now, okay? I was cool with it. Uh, if you got your hopes up to see Mercedes, then congratulations, you played yourself. That's on you. All right, it didn't take nothing away from me. I don't know how you feel about it, Ryan, but that's kind of where I stand on it. Yeah, I'll be honest, I could care less. I mean, <laughs> I, and I don't mean to say that like in a terrible way. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge fan of, of Mercedes. We, we love I, Sasha I, Banks. We love her. She looks yeah, great. <laughs> I, I don't need I don't need her see her on every every wrestling program I watch. I mean, you know, the women's division at AEW is what it is. It's fine right now. Yep. They got the talent there. One thousand percent. Booked correctly. All right, it's a, that's a. a 
discussion for a, a different time. But I mean, it's, it's it is what it is. It's fine. It doesn't need her, you know. I mean, nope. obviously the addition of her would be the cherry on top, but. It's fine. And again, like you said, you said it perfectly. That's on you if you got your hopes up for that because they never told you she was going to be there. They mm -hmm. never did. They put Tony Storm in that position uh, the week before to basically tell you that, okay, we couldn't secure her for whatever reason it is. She's mm -hmm. not coming. This and that. It mm -hmm. fell through. And it is what it is. Yeah, I don't know why they did that, you know, mystery person. I don't know why Britt Baker had that promo about the boss and her or that line in her promo, excuse me, about being the boss or something like that. I don't know why that was put in there. That was a jab. I'll tell you what it is. That was a jab at Rick Ross, okay? That's that's what it was. That's what it was, Ryan. That's what it was. Now, now, now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. <laughs> so, just talking... First of all, I thought the match was fine. But it started making me think, like, okay, where do we go from here? I don't know if you're getting this vibe from what we're seeing right now with, like, Soraya, Tony Storm... Hikaru Shida kind of costing them the match, whether it was unintentionally or intentionally. We don't know what the story's going to be told there. But I'm getting a vibe that we're seeing like AEW Originals versus the New Guard. And I feel like, because it's still early in the year, anything could happen, right? I think this could lead to the first ever women's blood and guts, where we're going to see a core of AEW original women versus some of the newcomers like a Soraya, like a Tony Storm, maybe even Athena. Yeah, dude, I'm, I like it. I like the idea a lot. I think it makes total sense. But my goodness, if that happens, and I don't know, I know you're not on Twitter like we've mentioned before, the uproar about what we saw on Friday night on Rampage with the women being all bloodied and, and oh, all that. God. Oh, my Goodness. Educate me on this. These people have never seen blood in their life. So if we do indeed get a blood and guts between the women, oh boy, I cannot wait to see Twitter's reaction alone. What was, what was the uproar? Because you got to educate me oh, on this. Dude, there was people that saying, oh, women shouldn't be presented like this. And it was the picture of Ruby Soho busted open. And oh my God, like, uh, this is just not how, you know, it, it should be. And this and that. And oh, this is the only way AEW can get women over. And, and they, oh my dude, there was so many cringe tweets out there. Um, I mean, it's, it was embarrassing. It really was. So, and I think Ty Conti even went out a couple of good, heads good. on Twitter too. Uh, <laughs> one guy, it, it pops me now. I know, obviously, it's just a uh, you know, it's it's just a moron, you know, moronic statement. But he was like, "Oh, like w women don't belong in the ring; they sh they belong in the kitchen or something like that." Leave it up to the men to wrestle. And her her, her response popped me. She was like, "Fuck you, you piece of shit." <laughs> it was so funny. So let me get uh, this straight, Ryan. We're not gonna praise the women for busting their ass and pretty much sacrificing their bodies. In an extreme fashion on Friday. No, we're not going to praise them for that. Instead, we're going to bury them, bury their performance, and just not even acknowledge anything they did in the ring. That's that's what we're doing, Correct. Ryan. Correct. Yep. Ay, 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 man. Wow. First of all, let me tell you something. I watched the match. That was the only match on that Rampage show that I actually paid attention to. Okay? Yeah. I thought that match was great. Okay? I thought I loved the little... Um, Regardless on how you feel about Bully Ray, not necessarily Devon, but regardless of how you feel about Bully Ray, I did like the little um, homage uh, Ruby and 
Willow did for the Dudley Boys. I thought that was a, a nice, uh, cool look for them. Dude, man, I, I don't know. Maybe because I'm like such a big fan of Ruby Ruby Soho, but like just seeing her bust it open and just going extreme, I'm like, man, she's such a fucking badass. Like I love her. Like, man, like let's praise these women. Why are we criticizing them? Like I just I just don't get it. I I, I don't get it. And then these are the same people that would be like, oh, well, we need to see more women's matches on AEW. They were on the fucking main event slot on Rampage, and we're still gonna fucking criticize them and bury them. Come on, man. It's a double-edged sword, yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's so contradictive. But, you know, that, that's also the time where it's like, you know, it's best to be off of Twitter and off of the Internet because, you know, when people criticize every little thing, it's just like, it gets annoying, you know? And, and I only see it done with AEW, you know, especially. Um, it's, yeah, it's it, it's ridiculous, but um, that's besides the point. But, yeah, I mean, I love that idea about the AEW originals and uh, the newcomers coming in and, kind of creating a divide in this women's division and yep. creating a good story mm-hmm. um you know i mean i know it would involve the women's champ but i don't know give it a, give the women's division a, a story outside of the championship you know something for us to invest in a little bit more i think there's something between uh the aw originals versus the new guard i think they could really tell a really cool story between between the women man and who knows? Maybe by then Thunder Rosa returns, and we don't know if she's gonna be part of the New Guard or the AEW Originals. There's like a lot of different ways, and who knows? Maybe even Mercedes Monet is part of this. Like, there's so many different like avenues they could tackle if they really want to tell this story the right way, where it leads to a blood and guts. Yeah, totally. The story's right there, right in front of us, and I think it would be about that time where the women started to compete in those types of matches in AEW like, you know, the women have started to do in WWE. I think it's I think it, it, it's time. If you've got a right story there, I mean, don't just do it for the sake of doing yes. it. But if you have a story there uh, to be told, then, yeah, by all means, start doing it. Start doing more things. I know we saw a cage match with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, so, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like it's never happened before, but take it to the next level. Throw them in blood and guts and see what they can do. Yeah. All right, speaking of Packerheads and the Neckbeards getting pissed off and all up in their feelings. So we got this great main event match at Dynamite. It was a Escalera de la Muerte ladder match for the Trios Championships. The final of the best seven series between the Elite and Death Triangle. First, let's talk about the match. I thought the match was great. Talk about spot after spot after spot. It looks like Nick Jackson had like a, a little foot issue. I believe it was like a toe injury. Um, wrestling the best of seven series with this foot injury. Um, listen, and then you got Kenny Omega just coming back from Japan after he had an incredible match with Osprey. Like, listen, the, the match was great. My only criticism about the match is I wish this match would have happened on pay per view because I think them going to commercial break and getting like the. Um, you know, where they split the screen with the commercial and then the, the picture to picture. I think that hurt the match just a little tad bit where it felt like when they came back from commercial break, they were kind of just rushing through things. But nonetheless, I really enjoyed the match. The Elite no, went... I mean, totally. That was, that was just... Uh, I don't know why AEW still hasn't really learned their lesson with this. It's like, I feel like they really need to time the shows out better. Because mm-hmm. you have the Jericho Appreciation Society out yes. there at like 9, almost 9.40, still doing this god awful segment yeah because like we really want to hear action on dreddy on the mic <laughs> yeah i mean it was just god awful and did not need we could have easily put this on rampage and yes. save some time for the main event because yep. yeah i agree they it looked like they were rushing a little bit mm-hmm. and of course you know you're gonna get the picture and picture in there that is what it is but 
Uh, I mean, you know, if you started this earlier, I don't even think I wouldn't have even mind about the picture in picture. I just felt like, you know, you're looking at the clock constantly, like you're always usually doing around, you know, main event time. And it's like, all right, well, we're getting to the end of the show here, so you know this match has got to like end. But mm-hmm. it looks like they're just starting to pick up here. Like, yeah. I, I would have liked at least five or ten more minutes. One thousand percent. One thousand percent would have really benefited. But with the time that they got, they did a phenomenal job. Obviously, all all. All six guys are absolutely incredible. This was a great way to cap off one hell of a best of seven series. And, uh, I mean, yeah, like I said, no issues with the match itself. I thought it was great, but it definitely felt a little rushed. Yeah. And I just, I, I hate that, especially when you have a big-time main event like this. Yes. If it's something, if it's something like, you know, I don't know, like anything less than this, it's like, all right, whatever. You know, that could go 10 minutes, 15 minutes. But a main event ladder match to cap off a seven-match series. Yep. Give that at least 30 minutes, you know? 1,000%. 1,000%. That's the only thing that hurt the match. The fact that it wasn't on a pay-per-view and it just felt a bit rushed. But nonetheless, props all six guys. They busted their fucking ass. Especially like the last minutes of the match. That Those sequences with the Black Arrow and then fucking Kenny hitting the, the fucking one-winged angel from the top of the fucking ladder. Just insane. It was pure insanity. The league go over and wow. You want to talk about people just losing their fucking minds okay and i'm not talking about people losing their minds being happy at the forum i'm not talking about that i'm talking about people online people were upset that the elite went over okay they were up in arms like saudi bought wwe that's how pissed off they were and just as pissed off at me putting out a report that i'd even write okay about the cons potentially being possible buyers for wwe people were upset that the Elite went over in this best of seven series. Let me tell you something. If you actually thought that the ending wasn't being the Elite winning these championships, you're just a complete idiot. Stevie Wonder saw this coming too. What's wrong with you? Like, yo, people just want to hate for the sake of fucking hating. So when I seen all this, I purposely put out a post with the Elite saying, I really love these dudes. (laughs) No matter what, doesn't matter if the elite go years without winning titles the minute they win titles again in their own company people are just going to be in an uproar it's always going to have always going to be how it is it's because it's their company and people think oh they're booking themselves to go over and yeah. this and that yeah uh-huh. it's complete garbage bro i don't listen to those people anymore they don't know what they're talking about these are the same people that were upset that cody rhodes uh booked himself to never win the world title when he was in aew and now you know they're going to be hypocrites and complain when you know the elite win titles i mean it's just it's it's absolutely ridiculous to me and i just i choose you know while i i pick and choose what i like to read on the internet and entertain on the internet because like i said the saudi stuff was absolutely hilarious but between the women's match and and between this these are the times where it's like i gotta get the hell off of twitter because there's too many idiots on here that love to spew out hate and bullshit and their dumb opinions that nobody asked for in the first place Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't make sense man i mean they did seven goddamn (laughs) so that they wouldn't i mean like it's not like they just came back and put themselves over at full gear like they did seven freaking matches like like death triangle's been the champion since october it's now january like that's fine like let it be what it is. Like, we're we're going to completely uh, discredit and not acknowledge the fact that they gave us seven amazing matches. Right, right. Like, I mean, what's going to happen when all these guys uh, eventually retire, right? The Young Bucks and Kenny. People are going to freaking miss these guys, man, and wish they were champions in AEW. 
So, like, I'm just so sick and tired of seeing the hate. It's like, give me a freaking break. Um, the elite are outstanding. They're the reason this company exists. Thank you. Thank you. You know, like, it's, it's just, I just don't it's get it. It's ridiculous. They're not even the tag champs. You know, it's not like the Young Bucks are hogging up the spot in the tag division. Like, give me a freaking break, man. I'm so tired. Wrestling fans are their own worst enemy, and they will bitch and moan and cry about any little fucking thing possible. Tell me about it. Hey. All right, Ryan. <laughs> I'm laughing because I wish I could see your face reaction with the next thing I want to tell you. So, um, on Friday, there, there was a pay-per-view, Ryan. <laughs> oh, yeah, there was. Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Friday night wrestling pay-per-view, man. Oh. Ryan, why you sound like that? Why? <laughs> I don't know. My, to me, it was SmackDown and it was Rampage Night. I don't know what this other show was that was on. Okay. All right. I will openly admit I did watch this pay for you. I didn't watch it live. I watched it on a replay. Okay. I thought the pay per view was good. Really good. Okay. I'll even throw really good in there. Regardless how you feel about the bully Ray shenanigans, I get it. Like, I'm not in agreement with him getting a world title match in 2023. I don't want to see him on my TV. But for what they gave us to open up the show, I got to I gotta take my hat off. Not to just Josh Alexander because, like, he, we know he's amazing, all right? He's one of the best wrestlers in the world today, okay? I, the story they told, especially in a full Metal Mayhem match, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought the match was good. Overall, the pacing of the show, I thought was really enjoyable. I have no complaints. The main event was close to a perfect match between Mickey James and Jordan Grace, except there was a botch. And that made me sour on the match where I'm like, okay, yeah, this is not this is not what you want. What the spot with her tapping out? Yes. Now, I hope Impact doesn't impact this and they tell the story where... Mickey, you tapped out. You're not. You shouldn't be the champion. Or maybe there's like, I don't know, a rematch. Something. I really hope they tell that story instead of ignoring it. Now with Impact, it could be hit or miss, right? They they could either like capitalize on this and tell this story, or they're just gonna try to hope that the audience forgets about this, which I don't see how you could do that. So we gotta wait and see what happens. But overall, I thought the show was really good, man. Listen, we crap on Impact when they deserve it. Okay, some of their poor booking decisions is. Meh, right? But overall, I thought the show was really, really good. But I did want to talk about one specific thing that happened on the show. And that was Frankie... Did you have Santino Morello? No, no, not Santino Morello. <laughs> not Santino Morello. Even though, even though his segment was entertaining. It made me laugh. Not, 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 not Santino Morello. But it was Frankie Kazarian. For those that have been watching Impact Wrestling throughout this past year, Frankie has been making appearances with Impact as an AEW talent. Obviously, there's some sort of relation between AEW and Impact. I'm not sure if it's like an open-door policy. I don't know what it is. But there is some form of a relationship there, okay? And uh, Frankie Kazarian came out. And I didn't think much of it at first. I'm thinking like, oh, wow, Frankie's on, on the show. I didn't know that he was going to show up here. I know he's been popping up in Impact here and there. But I didn't think much of it. He gets on the mic and he cuts a pretty cool promo saying that past couple months, him being on Impact really uh, opened up his eyes and... Him going back to where he came from really didn't feel right. 
And as of right now, he signed a long-term deal with Impact Wrestling. This caught me by surprise. But then if I just look at the overall picture of it, it kind of does make sense. Like, what else was Frankie going to do in AEW, right? Yes, he won the tag team championships with, with Scorpio Sky, but that's really about it. Um, he really didn't do much besides that. He's had good matches with people. I, I remember that um, he gave Adam Cole his first match in AEW, which I thought was a really, really good match. But other than that, Frankie didn't really do much in AEW. So I think this is a really good get for Impact Wrestling. Yeah, it's good for them. And it's good for him. I mean, uh, you know, the guy's getting up there in age. Who knows how much longer he's going to be doing this thing. He wants to enjoy his final years doing something, you know, not sitting on the sidelines which is what he would be doing at AEW. I mean, let's be honest. He's not a single star that AEW is going to put over. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's just the reality of the situation. Yep. He's a tag team guy. He'll always be remembered as the first ever, uh, you know, inaugural tag team champs. And, uh, you know, like, yeah, like you said, gave Adam Cole's first match in AEW, uh, had that Elite Hunter gimmick going on for a yep. while. Yep. I mean, you know, he, he, he did his thing there, but uh, sometimes it just doesn't work out. And with the roster getting bigger and bigger and bigger mm -hmm. day by day, uh, good on him for realizing that and saying to himself, you know what, like, I know my spot in Impact will be bigger, I'll be featured more, I'll be on TV more, I'll get to work with young guys, I'll yep. get to, you know, have good matches on TVs and pay-per-views and things like that, and, you know, who knows, I mean, who knows what'll happen as a result of this, we've seen people go to Impact and it's the best thing for them because they get recognized, they show what they <clears throat> are made of and what they got, and Impact gives them the opportunity, and then they end up in WWE or AEW because, you know, they catch fire again. So, and apparently he went out the right way in AEW, so yes. he'll be welcome back. So, who knows what's going to happen with, with Frankie down the line, but I think this is the best move for him, absolutely, 100%, no doubt. Um, can't blame the guy. You you mentioned something, and it instantly made me think about Impact Wrestling um, earlier when we were talking about monopolizing the business how as a wrestling fan you wouldn't want tony khan to buy a wwe and that instantly made me start thinking about impact wrestling because you know yeah we joke around here and we crap on impact wrestling here and there but like impact wrestling does deserve a place in this wrestling bubble because there's a lot of people that love being an impact wrestling it gives people an opportunity that yeah, they might get more money in other places, but they won't be able to get that shine. And in recent months, we've seen even young talent choose, like, you know what? Let me resign another deal with Impact, like an Ace Austin, like a Chris Bay, like a Tasha Steels. So I do feel like Impact Wrestling deserves a spot in this wrestling bubble. Yeah, of course, 100%. I mean, they, they haven't been going strong for, what, 15 years already at this point for nothing, you know? I mean, they're clearly doing something right. They still manage to stay afloat, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 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 basically, Impact is like a launching pad mm -hmm. for the most part, you know? People aren't there for the long haul. Of course, there's guys here and there that are loyal to the company. Oh, yeah, Sammy time. Callahan loves Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Right, he's one of the guys nowadays, but what about back then when Samoa Joe yep. wouldn't leave, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, James Storm wouldn't leave, and, you know, I mean, the, uh, Abyss, and all these other guys, they were, like, loyal to TNA Impact for mm -hmm. so long. Uh, I mean, good on those guys, but for the most part, people use Impact as a launching pad. I mean, it's, it is it is what it is. I mean, we've seen that with all the released talent recently, um, you know, the ever since the pandemic, you know, all those releases that WWE made, and then it impacts these guys and girls up, and you know, they had a cup of coffee run there and then ended up going back to WWE or going to AEW and whatever. Um, so, you know, people don't stay there long term, but 
of course they have a spot in the wrestling world. I mean, it's I know we like to joke around and mm-hmm. be specifically. I love to shit on them. Um, you know, I just it, of course that they, they belong. So yeah, I mean, it's good to see a guy like Frankie and also too another guy who just went there recently was um, Alan Angels. Yeah, yeah, yep, Order. yep. He chose to leave AEW to go there, and mm-hmm. you know I don't really know what he's doing there. I mean, I don't like I said, I don't really I. I see what Impact's doing through social media here and there, but I don't really follow the storylines. I don't watch every week. Um, but I'm sure he's doing good if he's being featured, and it could potentially end up benefiting him in a huge way down the line. So, Impact Wrestling, as of right now, if, if there's a best way to kind of like describe them. Is they're kind of a hybrid of like the old Ring of Honor with like a mixture of like pretty much like every other little every other promotion that's out there. Um, they give you a, a little bit of sports entertainment like WWE, and then you do get like top notch in ring quality product as well. Um, and then also they're part of like this Forbidden Door as well. So you you know every now and then you'll get like a New Japan town in there, and they have somewhat of a relationship with, with AEW as well. So it's 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 a hybrid product. I think that's the best way to put it. But their weekly shows, I think, is very underrated in my book because like. I haven't watched the show, the times that I do watch the show, I haven't watched the show and be like, I was disappointed in watching it. It's a very easy watch. Yeah, you're, you're kind of going to get a mixture of a little bit of everything. Um, at times, there is some question booking decisions, but overall, I, I do enjoy the product. Yeah, yeah, and you're not the only one that's been saying that either. So, um, you know, I believe it. And I believe the pay-per-view was great too because that's the one thing that's been consistent with them is they always put on good pay-per-views. And I've always said that. I've mm-hmm. always said the pay-per-views seem like they've been good. I did see, uh, you know, those, some highlights from the Bully Ray and Josh Alexander match, and some of those spots were, were pretty nuts. Uh, it was it was crazy stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I totally 100% believe that they, you know, because they have the talent. Yeah. They have the talent to put on great shows. It's just sustaining that momentum. Yeah. And, yep. uh, you know, obviously they'll never become an AEW or a WWE uh, but, I mean, you know, they have their special place in the world. 1,000%. Uh, you explained it perfectly. 1,000%. I do want to talk about one more thing. But just to take a – just to tell the, the, the peckerheads and the friends of the show, just, like, give them a peek behind the curtain. So, like, after uh, last week's show, we all ended up going to Leo's house, and he cooked this fucking uh, pizza, which was fucking amazing. It was, like, it was like quality pizzeria pizza. Like, that's how good this pizza was. And, you know, me and Ryan are just bullshitting, just talking, and we discovered one thing. When we were younger, we loved TNA. <laughs> yeah. <Yo. Yep. laughs> we were watching each other, like we were finding each other, like in the crowd of like old TNA shows for like a good what was like a twenty minutes. <laughs> it was so fucking oh, funny. Were, so like I found, uh, we found the one where I was in, but you were on a man on a mission to find <laughs> you, uh, young Mario, in the crowd at a show back in like two thousand nine. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, those were the days, man. Those yeah. were the days. Tina Impact was the shit. Yeah, it man. really was. Uh, you know, it's obviously different, way different. And the business has changed as a whole. But, man, back then, those were some good old days. Oh, yeah, man. Love TNA. Love fucking also, TNA. Also, shout out to uh, Leo. Yeah, that pizza was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, amazing, amazing. All right, one last thing and we'll wrap up, bro. Jay White. Okay, Jay White, though! My guy. Okay, some interesting news has come out. So for those that did not watch Wrestle Kingdom New Year's Dash, not only do you get a congratulations from me, but you need to watch it. But some interesting stuff came out of that with him ta- challenging Hukuleo for uh, a Loser Leaves Japan match, okay? I believe we're going to get that match a new beginning, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there were some rumors 
coming out, the, you know, Wrestle Kingdom New Year's Dash, that WWE has interest in Hukuleo and Tamatonga. Now, a week later, plot thickens. Seems like Jay White's contract is coming up, and he has interest with WWE and AEW. Now, I have mixed feelings about this, because part of me doesn't want to see Jay White leave New Japan. But then the other part of me is like, well, what else does he have to do? And we even talked about this last week. Now, this is where I might kind of shock the world here. Not, not shock the world, but maybe they're going to get an answer from me that they didn't expect. When we're talking about AEW and WWE, I feel like Jay White should go to WWE. I think he could pull like an AJ Styles where he completely skips over NXT. He goes straight to the main roster and could be a top contender just like AJ Styles was back in 2016. 100%. I am 100% with you. I tweeted it out. Uh, a couple minutes after Sean Rossap put out that fightful um, bomb, pretty much, that, that Jay White was leaving when his contract is up, I immediately said he needs to go to WWE. I mean, the, the, I know a lot of people are going to be like, you know, oh, we don't know how he's going to be booked there, and especially now with the sale rumors, Vince is back, this and that. It worked out for AJ Styles just fine when he went there. So why couldn't the same thing happen here with Jay White? I don't see a reason why it can't. And listen, AEW is very crowded right now. It's always going to be crowded. We've talked about that before. We're talking about Adam Cole being a top star and Ricky Starks and so many guys they have there. It's kind of just like you're going to bring another guy into the mix to just kind of be there, be in. You know, like, I just I don't see Jay White and AEW being as good of a fit as WWE and Jay White. I mean, I, I just feel like that's a match made in heaven, and WWE can certainly use him. And, uh, yeah, I just, I would love to see it. And I never thought I would say that either. I really, I really don't think I would ever say that. I always wanted Jay White to stay in New Japan. Me too. Uh, as the years... And part of me still does. On. I just want to throw that in there as well. Part of me still want wants him to, just give me one more year in New Japan, but at the same time, it's like, what else does he have to do? Like, he's done everything yeah. already. I mean, we, we did throw out some fantasy booking ideas that I would love to see, like, play out for Jay White, whether it's, like, the, the Kenny Omega story or the Will Ospreay story, but I don't know if we're going to get that. So, unless New Japan gives him something where it interests him, maybe signs, like, a short-term deal. But I don't know, man. I think I think he has better chances of, of doing something valuable and something, like... Holy shit, like AJ Styles did when he made his debut to WWE. I think Jay White has that same chance too. I just think in AEW he'll get lost in the shuffle. Absolutely. I'm in 100% agreement with you. He's He should definitely, listen, he should definitely explore all of his options, do what's best for him at the end of the day. If he has interest in going to AEW over WWE, that's obviously his call. And I would love to see, I, hey, if he goes to AEW, I mean, I would, I would love it. I obviously would love to see him there. I just don't have as much confidence in him being a top guy there, uh, as I would in WWE. So, yeah, I mean, listen, he's done everything you could possibly do in New Japan. It's almost like Kenny Omega. It's like, all right, it's time to go. Already won the title two times now. Mm -hmm. He's faced every single person, like, like uh, 15 times, man. Okada, Tanahashi, Shingo, Ibushi. Like, yep. he's done it all, <clears throat> man. Uh, even like the the uh, like the mid card level guys like an Ishii and like a Goto like he's all he's done that numerous times too. Okay, the Osprey stuff and the potential Kenny Omega match, yeah, you know that's something that's still on the table. But is that a reason to stay? I mean, in my opinion, I don't think so. I think he goes to WWE. There is a plethora 
of new talent there that I would love to see him, him wrestle. Let's say Jay White is out the door from New Japan, and we'll wrap up with this. He's out the door. He's not going to go to New Japan. Let's play. He goes to WWE and AEW. Well, I feel like if he goes to AEW, necessarily you don't have to write him off off of New Japan because they have that open-door policy. But let's say if he goes to WWE where they have to, like, that's it, you're done, right? You leave Japan. Who becomes the new leader of the Bullet Club? So, in my opinion, the Bullet Club should fizzle out. It should be done. You know that's not going to happen. Gato's not going to let that happen. (laughs) I know. I know. Gosh, I can't even really... I can't even really tell you. I mean, somebody who's in Bullet Club right now taking over, I couldn't even tell you. I mean, I know I saw some people say maybe an El Phantasmo. But I he's not there he's yet. The they ball. need. He's just not he, there. Yeah, I just can't see he, that. He has potential, but they need to build him up to that, and he's not quite there yet. I don't know, man. The, the group really needs to fizzle out. <laughs> it really needs to fizzle Damn, out. Damn, man. No faith. No oh. faith. No, I just, I really don't, I don't know why. Do you have somebody in mind? Well, listen, if he goes to AEW, then necessarily you don't have to write him off. If he goes to AEW, right. he could still be leader of Bullet Club because we already saw Juice Rob popping up for AEW Ring of Honor and he'd be still rocking like the Bullet Club stuff. So like, you don't necessarily have to write Jay White off if he goes to AEW. Oh man, you know, I have mixed feelings about it because like, who, I can't think of any any leader, right? I, I can't think of anyone, right? So I'm starting to think, right? Who could be a possible leader? One scenario I thought that would be pretty cool is, what if Kenny Omega takes over again? He's part in Japan, why not? Yeah, I mean, that's it's a possibility, I guess. I thought of that. The other possibility, which I don't see happening, but would be a different twist to the gimmick, what if, what if Sasha Banks takes over as the leader of Bullet Club? <laughs> She's the boss. She's the CEO. Oh, my God. I'll, I'll go back to what I said before. <laughs> Let the group fizzle out. <laughs> its legacy has already established. It's already one of the greatest groups, factions of all time. Let it fizzle out. I would... Do not make a mockery. <laughs> and I'm not saying, you know, like, I just... And again, that has nothing to do with Sasha Banks being a woman. No, 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 no. I know. I know. I get it. I get it. Even if ELP takes over, it's just not gonna hit. It's just... I, uh, the group is not hot. It hasn't been in years. Who's a, who's a free agent? Who's a, who's someone that could take... Like, yeah, there's just no one. There's really... The only no. possible one I could think of is Kenny Omega. Like, plausible. And even with that, I don't see it being long-term type of thing. And I, I don't even know if I would enjoy that. Because, again, the Bullet Club just isn't what it is. I mean, we got... So let's go over the Bullet Club members, the current crop of members that are in the group right now. Because it's not even the OGs anymore. The only OG, I think, is like Bad Luck Fale. So it's like him, you got Ishimori, you got Rock Hard Juice, you got Jay, you got... God, the guys in Impact, Chris Bay and, and uh, Ace Austin, they're in the Bullet Club now too. All of a sudden. Listen, if Ace uh, if Ace Austin wasn't if Ace Austin wasn't on a full time like Impact Impact type of like contract, and he would be doing like more New Japan stuff, like like a Kenny Omega or Jay White, I I wouldn't mind seeing him like take over because he's very charismatic as fuck to lead. He's a believable leader. Yeah, I mean, hey, somebody like him could definitely benefit from that. I mean, that, I mean, obviously we see every leader of the Bullet Club that, you know, we've had 
All right, I'll read you. I'll read you the current members as we speak. Okay. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Balafale. Can't say it without even laughing before you even spell out the name. That's how. That's that's why this group just gotta hang it up. Balafale, Chase Owens, El Fantasma, Gato, Jay White, but it seems like he's on his way out. Kenta. Taiji Ishimori, Takahashi, oh God, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, Juice Robinson. Now, technically, they're part of Bullet Club, but you can't forget the House of Torture, Evil, uh, yeah. Show, uh, Dick to Go. Come on, man, Bullet Club, baby. Oh, yeah. God, who could keep up anymore? All right, man. You know, so like, uh, you know, bad luck, Fale. Yujiro and Chase Owens, they're going to die in this group, okay? We, we, we know that they're going down with the ship at this point, okay? Um, as far as everybody else, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm... Uh, the only way they could... Kenny Omega taking over this group with Kenta? The, no, the, no, no, the only way this group is still going to be a thing if, if someone we're not even thinking of takes over as leader. And I don't even know who that person could be. Well, like you said, somebody like Ace Austin, it could benefit him. It could launch him into being at the next... But he's a full-impact guy. Star, but he's, yeah, a full... he's a full-impact guy, so I don't see that happening. It's not even like it's like even a possibility. It's not plausible. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I Listen, we had the Suzuki Goon come to an end at the end of last year. Uh, a couple, like about a month ago, they're they're done. Let the, you know, the group will always be iconic. Let the same thing happen with Bullet Club. Wrap this shit up, please. Wrap it up. Have Jay White, before he goes, say, listen, the Bullet Club is no more. Have him be the one to officially retire it. And enough is enough, man. Like, just let... Th that's it. Because I just... There's nothing else you could do. And the longer it goes, the more tarnished the Bullet Club name gets, in my opinion. I don't know if you agree with that, but in my opinion, the longer it goes and the more uh, of a joke you make it into... It's just going to be, people are going to remember Bullet Club for being the way it is now, yeah. rather than what it was back in 2013, 2014, like the golden ages of it. So I am just not a fan of it continuing. Listen, it's a very hard pill to swallow for me, but you're absolutely right. I can't disagree with you, bro. It's, it's... Yeah, I mean, listen, I love the Bullet Club. It pains like, me to say that, but it's but... hard to disagree with you, man. It's very hard to disagree with you. I can't, I, I can't. Yeah. I just hate this current version of the Bullet Club. I hate it. <laughs> Hi. Well, we'll see what they do. But then, I don't know. We'll see how they write Jay White off too. That's another thing. Cause yeah. there was been talks of WWE being interested in Hikaleu, and now we're now we see Jay White, uh, you know, uh, potentially leaving too. So that loser leaves Japan match. I don't even know who the hell's gonna win now. You know, I, I, who knows? So it'll be interesting to see how they write Jay White off. We don't know when his contract is up. We don't. There was no timetable in that. Uh, fightful article. It yep. didn't say like at the end of March or anything like that. So who knows? But uh, things are gonna get interesting in the next coming months. That's for sure. Hey. All right, bro. Coming later this year, we're gonna have a new intro where he's like the man that killed Bullet Club, Ryan Radar. Okay. Oh, yeah, well, that one, that yeah, that one, I will gladly oh. take on the, uh, on, on the shoulder, oh. man. Oh no. Oh. It, it needs to die. I'll be doing everybody a favor. Thing oh. of honor, I felt bad for, but Bullet Club, I will not feel bad. <laughs> wow! Wow! You know what's so sad? I'm looking at like a Bullet Club like flag right now that's hanging on my wall. Listen, no shame, man. I, I, and I hope people continue wearing the shirts and wearing the merch because it's an iconic logo. It's an right. iconic group. Yeah. But again, you just it, it needs. I mean, there's. I guarantee there's some people walking around.
probably don't even know the group is still a thing. I agree. No, no, 1,000%. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You're they absolutely right. Like, Wait, what? It's still going? With yeah. who? With who? Okay, yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. You yeah. know, you're right. Dude, it's a hard pill to swallow, but you're absolutely right. I can't disagree with you. But, dude, that's it, man. We covered everything we needed to cover, bro. Another fucking crazy week of wrestling, and we'll see what happens next week with just on like the tone that we already have so far for 2023. Yeah, no, so I mean, listen, like, we were just talking about before. I mean, now in two weeks, I mean, two shows right off the bat, we are just off and running already in 2023. It's going to be an, an unbelievable year. I mean, every single year that passes by, I'm just always like, oh, 2021, great year. Oh, 2022, great year. My goodness, 20, how can anything top 2022? Boom, 2023 is already off to a hectic start. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're only two weeks into the new year. So it's it's going to be a fun next couple of weeks and months. And by the time we're on the air again next week, who the hell freaking knows what what's going to happen this week, okay? Oh who my in God. the hell knows? Oh, Jesus Christ. Fucking crazy. All right, Ryan, give me your plugs in. All right, at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. That's about it. All right, you can follow me at Rated R since 87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you miss anything or everything, well, you know what? Let me not say that because we're not live. This is an audio. This is a podcast. So if you're listening to this, you know where you can find us. So for the old man, Leo, that's not here for our Double Ryan Radar, I am yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Till next time, keep Rated R and stay too sweet. Goodbye! Mm, 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 and good night, Ben! <laughs>